With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply. Need advice? Want to know what a pro would say? Get all the answers you need from professionals in this Fox 4 podcast. Ask the Experts. Welcome to another episode of Ask the Experts on Fox 4. I'm your host, Hannah Guthrie, and today our experts are experts in senior living. And with me is Jill Lamb, who is the marketing director of Colonial Village in Overland Park, and Judy Baxter, who is the marketing director of Westchester Village of Lenexa. Thank you all for being here. Thank you so much for having us. Now, I know a lot of us have a mother-in-law story, but Judy, you have one that's different than most. Tell us about that. Yes. My mother-in-law was a very wonderful lady. Um, uh, she decided to relocate uh, from the state of Washington back to Kansas. And for four years, my husband and I were her uh, caregiver and advocate. And Did she live in your house? Uh, for a very brief time, yes, okay. she did. And um, so we were living that whirlwind of of just the maze of hospital-assisted living, long-term mm. care, rehab, um, and it was all on-the-job training. Um, and at the time, we had small children. My husband was traveling a lot, and so a lot of the responsibility fell to me. Um, we worked as a team, but, you know, the day-to-day fell to me. And... Uh, Four years into it, she passed away. Mm. And um, after that, my husband looked at me and he said, will you please go do something with your passion and your experience? Oh, Uh, that's how you got into this? That's how I got into it. So for over, this is my 13th year um, working professionally in senior living in a variety of roles. Um, so I, I come at it and I'm able to share my personal experience, mm-hmm. but also view it professionally. And both Jill and I, uh, feel that our roles are to, to help people find the best fit. There are a lot of communities, uh, to, to select from, and it's a matter of what a family's priorities are, what their needs are. And so we get the privilege and honor of helping them find that that best fit. Well, how do you first know that you're ready for senior living, or you might think that your parents are, but they don't? Gosh, we see that all the time. Um, and it's so funny because the residents, while they are a number and they're an age and they are they have their gray hair and maybe right. use a walker, in their mind, often they feel like they're still in their 50s. Well, don't you 60s. feel like that? I still see I, them I, like I'm in my 20s. Exactly. And I look in the mirror, I was like, oh, no. And, then, and I hear that often. I look right. in the mirror and I'm like, who is that person looking right. at? You know? So the big thing is for families is when things just start to feel a little bit unsafe or maybe lone, lonesomeness is setting in or there's some reclusive, maybe not getting engaged in activities like they used to, um, or possibly the unsafetiness of maybe driving. You know, right. some of those big, big life moments. Is and that is to... hard, the driving thing, taking away totally. the keys. Totally, yes. So, you know, baby steps. And I think that's the beautiful thing about when you look at a community, you should truly try to see what all they offer. What levels of living do they actually have for you? Because sometimes you have to go straight from home to a nursing environment, like a a long-term care environment. Um, But there's also places where you can start out 
incredibly independent. You're still preparing your meals. You're still driving. Um, you're still going to your outreach or your out, outings and activities that you enjoy. Um, but then you know that you have the peace of mind that you can age within the community. As so you get the three change. in one, like the independent living assisted and then skilled nursing. Right. You know, that is definitely uh, as someone that is in this industry, as Judy is as well, I think that's important for families is decide what kind of move you want to make. Would you like to make it once and then know that your family can age there right. in that environment as things change? Um, or do you are you okay with going just to, say, an independent standalone environment, but know that in a few years, as maybe possibly some changes occur, you'll have to make another move. They're going to kick so you out. They, You know, yeah. <laughs> or you're going to have to make that decision. Right. And it, I know personally moving is a huge job. It's a huge task. It's tasking on your health, on your mental right. billing. And imagine someone in their 80s or 90s that have to make that move. So knowing you can go into a continuing care retirement community where you offer all those levels of living, I think is something that families should really consider when making that choice. I think it's tough even making that transition. Um just think about somebody who's older mm -hmm. and they have to downsize. And just that word is scary. I'm not saying <laughs> yes. everybody's a hoarder, but my mother is that way. All mm -hmm. of her personal beloved possessions. How do you give that up? How do you give up that, you know, memoir that's from your great, great grandmother? So how do you guide people through that? Absolutely. Well, Judy has a great thing that she always mentions to customers or to our uh, potential residents. Right. right. It is it is a challenge because the, we are working with people and asking them to leave sometimes a home of a lifetime. Um, sometimes I've, I've worked with individuals that have lived in a home for over 50 years. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like, oh, my goodness. And so um, in some of my roles, I've actually gone to their homes and, um, you know, to have a magnetic board and to to place furniture so that they can see that, okay. have a visual. Yeah. Um, I also will start with um, asking what's most meaningful, what's an absolute must-have piece of furniture. So mm -hmm. their grandmother's armoire, you know, counts. Um, I know. I remember one time I was doing a home visit, and the gentleman was uh, literally tugging his rocking chair down Aww. the hall. And I <laughs> You're said, not taking that. I said, well, uh, help me understand what's going on. And he said, well, this is the chair I sit in when I watch TV, and I want to make sure that it's oh, moving. That's going right. And I'm yeah. like, okay. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of an important question. Yep. Um, but... I also will uh, reassure individuals and families, um, Rome wasn't built in a day. So we aren't asking people to downsize in a day. You can't, you, you just, you can't come in and say, in a day, we're going to downsize mom and dad's home. Um, and so the approach I like is to have three three categories, if you will. Um, and, and some that are very visual like to do the, uh, like the garage sale colored stickers. Oh, right. And do um, the, the items that they're keeping, either that they're going to keep and move into their new home or that they want to keep and give to someone within their family. Uh, the second category would be to um, donate. Um, Maybe they're they're donating to um, a grandchild. Um, many a grandchild's uh, college dorm or right. or newlywed apartment has been furnished by their grandparents moving. Mm -hmm. um, and the third is discarding. It is okay to throw things away, you know. Um, and I'm doing that personally. My husband and I are like, we we don't want to have a house full of stuff and 
40 years, you know. Well, and we were chatting about this, too, because I, I did just go to a home visit yesterday, actually, yesterday afternoon. And this gentleman lives on an acreage. And he literally, his wife, he lovingly calls her a collector. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's an, a very kind term for what I was seeing. Right. But, you know, and it's all sentimental things. But the biggest thing that I always say to them is, if you can, if you can, if you can do it this way, this is what I would recommend. You find all the items that you really have to have. And we have a floor plan. And we can, like, with the magnetic board, put the furniture in its place and then move and physically move into your new home at Colonial or Westchester or at whatever community you right. pick and um, live there for a little bit and then be able to go back to your home and find things that you're missing or that you, oh gosh, you know, I actually have room for this. I didn't think I did. And then after maybe a couple weeks, you've really settled into your new environment, your new home. Then you tackle the house. And that's just the best way to do it. You know, then you can really not be so emotionally attached to everything because you've separated for a little bit. Think about where you live. Typically, Mm -hmm. even most of us, I don't care what your age, you've got your living room, your kitchen, your bedroom, your bathroom. It's like on one floor. What do you normally like inhabit? Yeah. Like, are you really going down to your basement? And, you know, are you going up to your, you know, it's so definitely, that's another great point. We always say, what do you actually inhabit? What do you use in the daily life? And generally, the downsizing portion is much, much smaller. It's not as big, I guess, not as monumental. (laughs) When you take, right, when you think of it that way. Now, when you're moving uh, into, like, say, senior living, I think you said your mother-in-law was she Washington, right? State. She relocated, and so she came here. So, how do you decide what to do? Do you move near your kids who might be out mm-hmm. of state, or do you want to stay in a facility that's near your family home and all your friends and your church and your grocery store? How do you decide? That is such a really great point, point. Um, and I see it all across the board. You know, and we do see. Luckily, in the Kansas City metro, there is such a enormous amount of offerings for seniors to move into. Um, a lot of times, though, what I'm seeing the most is they want to be near their adult child. They want to mm-hmm. be able to see the grandkids, have them stop off after high school, you know, a football game or something, and enjoy the community together. Yeah. Um, I have so many that move from out of town just to be in that environment right. near their adult child. But then I do have, and I've and I've 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 worked with some people that it's as far as from Lenexa to Overland Park, and they are literally they can't make that move. <laughs> and so eight miles down <laughs> from is a long you way. You believe it because my church yeah. is there, and that's my grocery store. And so the beautiful thing is that we can offer so many offerings based on what the location and the needs are. And so that's what we're truly trying to determine. Um, And and Judy and I work beautifully together. And if it's not us or in our community, um, I have so many others that we can refer to based on those needs. So tell me about a client who really resisted going into senior living, but then after he or she got there, they're like, wow, I've kind of regained my life. This is (laughs) actually better than down on the farm. Yeah. Oh, gosh. We have so many of those stories. Um, So I have a gal in my community right now moved from Iowa. And she was at the very young, vivacious age of 90 and did not want to move and didn't think this was something that she even would consider. I'm actually doing a client testimonial with her tomorrow. She calls it Rosie's Place. And (laughs) she talks about it like it is her truly, like the best thing that happened to her. Um, Because she is, she loves her apartment. She's able to enjoy conversation over the lunch hour. Um, She's really thrived. I mean, I think her family has been very pleased to see how, you know, well she's done in the community. Um, and just really regained a little bit of that like spark in life, I guess, um, being around people and just being able to socialize and enjoy the activities. And so TV. her family's here, right? Yes. Because I think that is challenging if your parents live way out of state, because I feel guilt over that because my parents, I mean, they're 83 and they're in great health right. right now, but I have siblings back in Indiana who are taking care of them and I feel guilt because yeah. I'm not there at some point. 
taking care of them. So how do you deal with the guilt? Mm. So um, I ran into that personally with my dad. So right. we were we were the hands-on caregivers for my mother-in-law, but my dad was in South Carolina and we obviously in Kansas. And so I have an older sister who was the day-to-day point person. Right. Um, and you know, saw dad daily, had lunch with them and all of that. But um, my role for her was just to be that that support. You know, we would talk once or twice a day. And just to give her that encouragement and support was the role I played. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we offered, my husband and I offered to have dad move here. And, and my sister was like, no, 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 we can, we can handle it. But mm-hmm. there's ways you can support a sibling. Um, I've seen it where families... Um, one adult child may take the financial piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, one adult child may be the local one doing the doctor's visits right. and that it's kind of sister. thing. Mm-hmm. The other adult child may be doing the legal piece, um, you know, keeping track of the estate and the will and, and that kind of thing. So it's it's very interesting to see how different families work together. Yeah, Let's talk about cost. Because mm-hmm. you always like it's just cost prohibitive. I mean, should we all get long-term care insurance? Mm-hmm. No, you have don't. to purchase. Yeah, no, it's definitely. It's expensive. It is. Well, you know, it's an investment in your future, right. like literally. Um, and But some people go that route and then they're like, well, we're good. You know, we're going to get X amount. It's going to pretty much pay for my mom to be in assisted living, even right. into long-term care. And then some people, they just don't plan for that, but they have their own nest egg that they're they're, they're pulling they're funds from. Yeah. yeah. And, so you know, fun. and it's interesting because some families are like, Mom, do not worry about your what my inheritance is going to be. Please right. take care of yourself. I want you to be happy. And I love seeing that. Excuse me. I love seeing that. I think that's wonderful. And there's the flip side, too, that's like, oh, you're doing okay. Let's hold on to those funds. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then and I always just recommend to people in that stage, that is perfectly fine, too. It is your family, your decision, right. your dynamic. But be aware that, you know, if it gets to a point that they have outlived what they should be living in their home and then it's suddenly the far end on the spectrum from a senior living aspect, um, you know, that there's a lot more into that as well. So if that makes sense. So essentially um, it is, but there's different levels of living or there's different types of um, financial abilities when it comes to senior living, there's both buy-ins and not buy-ins. So I don't know if Judy, you want to chat on that a little bit. Um, So there are several financial models. Uh, One is a buy-in and there are several communities in the area that offer that. So there'd be a lump sum or an entrance deposit um, and endowment payment made at the time of move-in. And then there's also monthly fees associated with that. Um, Those communities, by having that lump sum payment, are making a commitment uh, to the individual moving in for their long-term financial care. Um, When they die, do they get part of that money back? So that's going to depend on the different community, but there are percentages that are refundable. Okay. And and the contract will identify upon you know when it's refundable upon resale of the apartment or what the length of time um, and the percentage of refundability. Um, but but there are also buy or monthly fees associated like, with that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so some, you have the buy-in or then you have basically what sort of rental in mm-hmm. a way. And then, mm-hmm. yes. And then the other option is strictly a monthly rental. Um, so you know what you're paying each month. Um, um, and then that amount changes based upon the level of care. Mm-hmm. Do you all have a preference? You know, 
I, Judy has experience in the buy-in model um, and in the re- the rental model. I personally have always been on the rental side of things. Um, I think for, and I can say from a personal standpoint, my my husband's grandpa was in a buy-in in Iowa, mm-hmm. and the family, our family, got a little bit frustrated when he did um, unfortunately pass away. That it was not a big priority for them to reserve that apartment. They have actually mm-hmm. been expanding and building new apartments um, in their independent living oh. side, and so those are going to go a lot faster. So to get your money back, they had. To rent that apartment right. or sell that and way. so okay. they they were able to and I don't know the ins and outs of it but it was a, a little bit of a, a fiasco right <laughs> I'm trying to determine how we're why haven't you been showing this apartment and they came to me and asked my opinion and I said well you know you have the right to know how often have they been showing it what has the director of sales okay. or marketing been doing to kind of drive that that rental on that apartment they settled it and it ended up being okay but from that experience I realized what a great offering it is to be a rental model mm-hmm. because you don't have any of that there's no large amount of money that you're putting down there's no real huge financial commitment there's actually no financial commitment whatsoever if other than you, the month to month right. right and if you move in and, and for whatever reason it doesn't end up being a fit for you you can move out you just give your notice and then you're not out of any large sum of money um, and also you can continue to let that money work for you versus working for the community that you've invested it so in. you need to ask a lot of questions that's lots what i'm of hearing questions. Yeah. lots and, and yes. that's one thing uh when individuals come in i encourage them to to look you mm-hmm. know and some people i'll ask individuals and families what are your priorities when when they come in and look at at our uh, community and they kind of look at me like priorities and i'll further explain and say after you've looked at three or four or ten communities mm-hmm. right. uh, with your spreadsheet that yes. you can't it's not an apples to apples. Apples, um, oranges, and no. strawberries. <laughs> yeah. Throwing a banana. Yes. Um, when you try to compare, um, what are the points that when you compare community one to community six, what are your points of comparison? That ultimately becomes what their priorities are. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it is the financial. Um, from my experience, um, some people... Some people have the choice of doing a buy-in versus a rental. Some don't have the financial asset to be able to to put that sum of money mm-hmm. uh, down towards an entrance deposit. Um, it just depends. You know, I I would say if you're on the younger end, um, there might be more of a um, a reason uh, to do the buy-in right. mm-hmm. uh, potentially, but it just depends. And it, I, I just encourage people to look at the financial model, but all a lot of different priorities. Um, I think criteria. The number one priority would be people taking care of you and not stealing. There was a story in the paper the other day. Some from an Alzheimer patient, right. she stole like four rings and then lied yes. about thinking that the patient wouldn't remember. But That's... so obviously you vet all the people who work. You want people who really genuinely care. They're not just taking care of older people for money, they have right. a heart. That brings me to a, such a wonderful topic is um, what are the impressions of that community? When you walk in the door, I think we all lead with our gut, or you should right. anyway, in my personal opinion. And this is someone that you love and care for more than anything. And this is, you're asking someone else to take care of them. Even in independent living, there is going to be someone coming in to clean their apartment. Right. Do you feel safe? Do you feel like this is a good place? Um, I always say just go with your eyes wide open and not only speak with the person that you're touring with, but also really chat with the residents, talk to the concierge, say hello to the housekeeping person. Because they will tell you the true story. (laughs) Exactly, you know, and and you are welcome to do that. Pop into a place and just come unannounced and just get a feel for the place because what is your experience and what you see from the smiling residents to the happy staff that's going to really play a huge part into it. And then I say, take that spreadsheet if that's what you're going from. And I see those often. <laughs> right. And just kind of 
do a quick highlight on overall impression yeah. and yeah. then maybe narrow it down to your top one or two or excuse me, two or three, and then maybe go back one more time and do yeah. that impression feel because that's going to give you the best idea of what your happiness level is going to be in the community. I had an individual come about an hour before the appointment and I was walking through the lobby and I saw this individual and I thought, oh my goodness, I I thought, wrong? I thought I had made a, a scheduling error and I went over to him and I, I reintroduced myself and, and I'm apologizing, thinking I had the time wrong. And he said, oh, no, no. He said, I came early. He said, I wanted to sit in the lobby so that I could observe oh, the yeah. activity mm -hmm. and see the interaction for myself. And, and he felt that he was getting a, a, a true and accurate read right. on the yeah. community. So well, when you're walking, great. oh, I love that. And also just the knowing of the names of people. I think yes. if you go somewhere and you just feel like nobody's saying hello by name, that just gives me such an impression of... Um, this isn't a home. They're not making an effort. Yeah. Right. I mean, you should know those names. I mean, I, I get flubbed up once in a while and like a grandchild and I feel so bad. I'm like, oh. But I <laughs> give myself dog. some for the dog. Yeah, you need a pass. <laughs> yeah, you know, but oh, yeah. in general, I think being right. just having a name with a face is so important in a community because this is their home and they want to know and it, everyone likes to hear their own name anyway, you know, right. so that's a good impression too is just what the field place is. And I remind myself um, every morning pulling into the driveway, mm -hmm. um, this is not where I work. This is where our residents live. Mm -hmm. I am honored to be able Very to call my, my place of employment their home. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's what, what we all need to mm -hmm. remember. Yeah. It's their home. Sure. If our listeners have questions, how would mm -hmm. they reach you, Jill? So a great resource is our website. Okay. I think um, go to colonialvillage.com, um, and you can definitely get a full wealth of information. Um, everything to our activity calendar, what the menu is, what some out, um, activities that we're doing, as I mentioned, special events, um, and also my contact information. Okay. There's even a button where you could push schedule a tour if you wanted to come by and tour. What about you, Judy? The same uh, would be uh, true, and ours is westchestervillagelenexa.com. Westchester Village Linux. Okay, all your information is there. <laughs> That's yes. right. Well, thank you both for coming Thanks in. We really appreciate us. your thank you very much. advice. Thank you. Thank you very much. Join us next time for another episode of Ask the Expert on Fox 4.